0: Welcome to Rugged Rants, a tough and yes, maybe at times bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. I'm your host, Susan Campbell. Very excited about today's episode. It's all about cross-pollination, what it is and how you can use it to be effective in the workplace. My guest today, John Palumbo, the founder of Big Heads Network and a skilled cross-pollinator himself. Welcome, John.
1: Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me.
0: It's great to see you. Good to I, see you. I'm really there's a lot riding on this podcast, John. Okay, all right. Because um, we always say it's a tough and bold conversation. I really want to push bold. Okay. Okay. I'll give that a shot. So it's uh, it's on your shoulders. Okay. No problem. So um, let's get started. So tell me a little bit about Big Head Network.
1: Um, it's it's actually been a pretty long road. I um I opened Big Heads in. I, it's 2006 now, um, and, and the whole idea was really to help companies step outside of their comfort zones and explore completely different industries and fields to find strategies, approaches, tools, technologies that can be used or applied to solve their business challenges and even, and even build employee skills. It, basically, the idea of cross-pollination, right? So, right. Look to outside sources to innovate, um, y- you know, within. so so you know we'll bring a um an airline together with a mymacologist who studies uh-huh. how a college who studies how mermaids? ants, uh, <laughs> ants, oh. um, and they'll look at how ants march and we'll, um, <laughs> and we'll help them you know create a more efficient boarding process. We'll bring the marketing team at a corporation together with a comic book writer to help them oh, cool. learn storytelling skills. We'll bring a company that wants to create more impactful customer experiences together with leaders from maybe Disney or Domino's since those companies are kind of leading the way in terms of customer experience. Now, in, in order to do this, we, we created a pretty vast, expert network made up of diverse thought leaders from all different areas and industries. Um, we call them big heads. And we would bring leaders and teams together with select big heads in a lot of different ways. But more recently, we found a really efficient, scalable, and fun way to do it, which is ironic. It's podcasts. And, uh, so is so, this
0: like the Seinfeld show? It looks like a podcast about podcasts? So,
1: sort of. Yeah, that's what's happening uh, okay. right now. So, so and, and I guess about two years ago, we made the pivot and really put a stake in the ground and and Big Heads is now a podcast production company. So we develop and produce podcasts for corporations that are primarily private. So they'll they'll get released exclusively to internal teams, employees, or select audiences. The topics are usually confidential. That's why we do that. Right. And the podcasts feature discussions with experts and thought leaders who can arm the teams with. Uh, Cross industry perspectives, diverse viewpoints, all the things that kind of go into um, cross pollination. So our big heads are now guests of our private podcast. That's so cool, and I appreciate that. And 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 the podcast they kind of go beyond cross pollination as we got as we got more and more into this. We started to use podcasts internally for everything from um, you know just to make announcements to um, you know. Talking to communicating to remote workers for learning and development for building skills all kinds of things and over the years we've worked with companies from oh god American Express Domino's Pepsi Keurig p and G yep G we ran
0: into each other that's on a plane right, we did, um, did we, we did. talked for the entire flight out to Ohio that's right that's <laughs> that right. was kind of funny so that's the whole story <laughs> well I definitely want to go back to podcasting but let's talk about cross pollination a little bit more first so um, for skill building. So you know, you mentioned the the mermaid mermaid hologist,
1: mermaidologist,
0: <laughs> mermaidologist. <laughs> I just throw
1: uh, that out there because it's really it no sounds one. so impressive. Yes,
0: yes. Well, I also do like the fighter pilot OODA loop stuff that right. you've done, right? right so, right. Um, so talk about the skill building um, and cross pollination. What are some ideas that listeners could take away and maybe? Um, Stick their toe into cross pollination?
1: Uh, I mean, cross pollination, first of all, it, it really, you know, to define it for you, it, it, it's this, it is the practice of looking to outside, sometimes unexpected fields and areas to, to really learn about, you know, what are their strategies, what are their processes, what are their tools, even technologies, and then transferring approaches and drawing analogies back to your business to spur innovation, get smart. Uh, generate ideas, solve problems, build skills, and you know I always like to say it's it's probably the most sophisticated game of connect the dots you ah. could you could ever play. And and as far as you know, um, getting started and starting to do it, I I would I think a lot of the listeners out there probably are, they're probably already cross pollinating. They might not even realize it. I mean, a lot of us see things happening in other industries. And without even realizing it, we find ways to tweak right. them and reapply them back to, you know, back to our own. And sometimes it happens organically or by accident. But for those, you know, for for people who want to cross-pollinate more regularly, I would say with, with some, some real rigor, um, there are obviously a lot of uh, articles, videos, books um, out there that, you know, on the topic. Some of them, you know, you probably, my name might even pop up, but a great way to get, to, to get started is to really practice. Yes. And the best way to do that, I always say to people, is to force connections. And so in other words, go out and look at an industry or a technology or a business model and make connections you can, you know, back to your business and right. back to your objectives. And don't worry about how out there or unrealistic they are. Just start connecting the dots. So, you know, I mean, I was I was at a um at a college, speaking recently, and and I asked the students, I said, you know, how many of you use a dating app with a swipe, right? With a swipe technology, in other words, just swipe one way if you if you're interested in the person, you swipe another way. If Was you're there not. anyone
0: who didn't use it? Right, everybody audience? kind of yeah. raised their yeah. hand. I said,
1: okay, so now let's let's force connections to the university. How could a univer? How could the university oh, so cool. use that technology? And and. You know, once they started forcing the connections, it was, well, we could use it for uh, class registration. We could use it for at the dining hall. We could use it for selecting roommates. So there's all these ways. And I always say to people, if you want to try it, that's that's the best way to get started building that skill is by just forcing those connections.
0: And now you talked about cross-pollination and sort of using different industries for companies to kind of take – from maybe if you're in the financial industry, take something from the construction industry or mm-hmm. whatever. But you take it a step further too with your big head network and you connect a tattoo artist yeah. with uh, improv comedy people. And Someti- so-
1: sometimes they're very disparate, other times it really depends on, you know, a lot of times a, a company. I like to give people a range mm-hmm. of you know it's if, if it's a big corporation you can't just kind of walk in with you know the fighter pilots and the right. and the and the um, tattoo artists so you want to you want to look at the problem and say okay if we reframe this problem and look at it through a different lens here's really here's the problem you're really trying to solve and here are four or five people that we might want to do a podcast show and speak to okay um, and they might range from you know it might be somebody at another company an outside corporation. And it might g- go all the way to somebody that, that's very unexpected. So I like to kind of go from yeah. the comfortable right, to the right, uncomfortable. Right.
0: Yeah, just kind of walk your way down yep. the... Okay. So um, what benefits have you seen from some of the cross-pollination engagements you've done um, with some of your clients? If you can speak to the you know, brand, that's great. If not, if you genericize it a little bit. But um, how is that... Uh, what have you seen? Have you seen that evolve? And I can imagine that with the evolving workforce... The cross pollination and sort of digital transformation and is all sort of blending together there.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the benefits. Honestly, and I, I say this to people all the time. i uh, the benefits are endless, and the applications and the benefits are. You know, it's yeah. it's it's there. It's really hard to kind of you know get them all into one conversation. But I, I mean, as far as benefits go, I mean, idea sharing is is one that's that's you know. A big one. I mean, you know, some I, I would some of the most innovative leaders of our time uh-huh. are, are cross pollinators. I mean, Mark Parker from Nike. There, are, you know, a lot of articles where you'll you'll hear him talking about how he spends time with graffiti artists and chefs and musicians just to kind of stimulate the right side of his brain. Um, Steve Jobs, late Steve Jobs, had talked about. Uh, He was a big cross pollinator. There's countless articles on him cross pollinating. I mean, he even said uh, creativity is, you know, connecting things. Richard Branson, uh, I think his mantra is ABCD, always be connecting dots. So when it comes to ideas, um, I I think – when you become a cross pollinator, one of the big benefits is it's going to help you really stand out inside of your organization. You're going to be that person who is looking at other business models and reinventing your own. You're going to be the person who's trying, who's solving a problem by looking to an area that nobody else is. Right. Um, so you'll become that person. I mean, when it comes to skills, uh, you know, especially soft skills, I think um, it it will you know it'll help you learn some invaluable strategies. I mean. It, for example, it can help you become a better leader. If you look at leadership, you know one of the things, one of the top traits of a great leader is they make smart decisions without hesitation. Right, right? now, if you're a cross pollinator, if you're if you're doing a lot of cross pollination, you'll start to find people out there. Like for example, a fighter pilot. A fighter pilot knows how to make smart decisions without hesitation, Observe, and you, right? that's o- the side the, the OODA loop, right? So, <laughs> so you'll find those ways, and and I think it'll be, um, you know, the better off you, you know you'll be. I mean, I think it also plays into um, uh, mentorship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I always say to um, to people, I'm like, forget the, you know, forget those the, the obvious mentors, right? Right? You go out and, you know. To talk, you know, have a mentor that's a fighter pilot to teach you about decision making. Have a chef who can teach you about multitasking, an improv teacher that can teach you about collaboration and teamwork, you know, a dating coach that can teach you about how to make an, you know, a, a great first impression, which helps in networking oh, and all those kind of things. So basically find, you know, unexpected mentors who are going to help you kind of advance further and probably faster in your career. And And then as far as the workplace goes, you know, it's funny because... If you think about this idea of, you know, diverse backgrounds kind of coming Mm -hmm. together, you could really look back for the benefits of that. You could go back to like the Renaissance. And if you think about the Renaissance, that was a time in Florence. The reason why the Renaissance happened is because there was so much diversity there. Mm -hmm. There were mathematicians, philosophers, artists, you know, all these different people sharing ideas. And I mean, there's a great book by Walter I, I, um, Walter Isaacson about. It's called Leonardo da Vinci, and it's all about how he cross-pollinated at this time. Oh, and, that's and all fantastic! That. So I would say, when it comes to the workplace, and and really creating a, a truly innovative, collaborative, and productive environment, you know, just look to the Renaissance for inspiration, yeah. and, and you'll get that, and you'll see that. You know, having those, those all that diversity and those diverse perspectives is is and when they a converge, huge benefit. Yep, yeah, absolutely.
0: That's that is so cool. Anything you can tie back to Florence is fabulous. I, that's all you know? I had, yeah, As so, soon as you throw um, through, as yeah, soon as you throw you that, you had out, me at, you you know, were, at yep, the Renaissance. Yeah, yep. I had you at myrmicology. <laughs> so when you extend extend your frame of reference right by cross pollinating with unexpected ways, well, you know, if you expand as far as the Renaissance, right, you have so much more to draw from. I imagine that that gets really interesting and really gets the uh, innovation and creativity going. what like what do people, if you're struggling with an issue or something you're trying to solve in your own business today and you're sort of looking at the regular methodology of solving the problem, like when when does what's that aha moment or when's that Moment that people should be aware of to say, "Hey, wait a minute! Like, we should look outside our industry, outside business, even maybe. Like, what's that trigger point for? Like, you're staring in the face of a cross pollination opportunity. Listen,
1: I think you always are. So you're talking, you know, you're. you're, but, But I will tell you that the second you create your problem statement, okay, I think a lot of people will will create a formal problem statement. Here's what we're trying to solve. I would say start to reframe that problem. Step back and look at that problem through a broader lens. Take out the business industry mm-hmm. jargon and look at the real problem and that's very hard for people that are right. you know if you're living something you sometimes I always say you know proximity is the arch enemy of creativity, right? You ha- you're so close to a problem, you can't right. you can't even separate yourself from it. But when you do step back and think about well our problem is a lot when we broaden it, it's a lot simpler. You know, there's a simpler way to talk about it. Okay. Than to, so, so, for example, you know, I, I, you know, I've done work with a cosmetics company that said, you know, we want to, um, we want to uh, make the color choosing experience at retail more, you know, uh, easier for, um, for our core consumer of women. Right. And, and you look at it and you say, no, no, your problem is, getting the color right, right? Because when they were going through this whole problem of women would go into a mass retailer and they would buy, you know, they would buy um, color cosmetics off the shelf and it would be the wrong color when they got it home. Gotcha. And and they went through this whole, all this rigmarole about what it was, what the problem was. And it was like, no, this is about getting the color right. Mm. And when you start to think about getting the color right, it leads you to well, who gets the color right? Who uses tools like that? Well, the car restoration industry does that. And, you know, tattoo artists do that and right. other people start. You, that's when the second you reframe a problem by broadening it and by speaking like a human being, you know, <laughs> which is so hard for so many people to do, that's when it opens up this world of, wow, I should talk to so-and-so. Yeah, so I think other we're, humans. That's, that's exactly right.
0: That's fabulous. Yeah. Okay, that's a good answer. Thank you. Now I know what I should be looking for. Aside from looking for every opportunity to cross-pollinate, now I know, like, reframe the problem. I right, like that. Right. So I'm a very simple, simple-minded. simple So, okay, so let's shift gears a little bit to podcasting. We'll have uh, the back half of our podcast about podcasting. So it's a big part of, you know, what you're doing currently. Um, why do you think this is such an important medium, this being podcasting, um, when it comes to the workplace today?
1: Well, I mean, I mean first off, for for... Everybody out there, uh, your employees are, there's a good chance they're listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And they're not listening to them just to be, you know, just for mindless entertainment. Right. People are listening to them to, to learn and to build skills and to get inspired. And those are all things that you should be doing right. internally as yeah. well. As far as my company goes, I mean, I'm in the conversation business. That's what Big Heads has always done. We've mm-hmm. always set up these conversations, whether it be with external people or even internal people, um, and had conversations and for all those reasons, to spur innovation, to build skills and what have you. Um, but I think there's a lot of, you know, other benefits as well. So there's some obvious ones. So, so for example, they're they're familiar and they're current. Right. So your employees are already using you. You don't have to teach them yeah, how to do you're it. You're not yeah. like disrupting it, you know, right. everybody and saying, hey, come to this meeting and we're gonna give right. you a pizza, you know, at one o'clock and it screws everybody up. They can they can so and, and, and it's kind of cool. They're 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 a, a very relevant, you know, format. It's a very relevant right. format. Um and they're convenient. Convenience is a big part of it too. People can listen to them when they're working out. They can listen to it uh, during their commute. So there's right. you know, there's that those those parts of it. Um for for me, there's other benefits that are Maybe not as obvious. For example, they're they're scalable. So if I'm co-hosting a uh, a podcast with a, a senior leader from an organization and we're talking to an outside guest, right? That conversation can now be shared to whoever they want. It can go out to that person's team of a right. hundred right. people. It can go out to an entire organization of fifty four thousand. So right. so in, that, in those conversations, normally you couldn't do that. And then building on top of that, we, you know, we, we've created a platform. And I think this is important for a lot of internal podcasting because internal podcasting is becoming you know, very thing. popular. Yeah. yeah. Um, well,
0: people will really miss email because they love reading emails. Re- yeah, yeah, I'm sure
1: they will. <laughs> yeah, no doubt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything that can save us from email. That's I'm right. all
1: in favor. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> the email killer. So, so it's, um, but, but I think they're also involving. I mean, we've created a platform where it, it sounds very simple, but. Once we're having the conversation, myself and that, that you know that, right. that team leader and that person, and we're kind of making we're connecting dots back to the business. Right. We then have a platform where we've added a comment section and a like button, as simple as that sounds. Oh, right. But now the rest of the team can Chimes get in. involved, and that's a really important part of cross pollination is having other people hear your connections or hear a conversation mm-hmm. you're having and build on it and what have you. And and there's even another layer to that which is recognition and visibility. So when you're when you're an employee and you're listening to a podcast with your you know with a with a senior person right. from your company and you make a comment and that person thumbs up your comment and makes a you know yeah. and kind of right
0: that's a I, that's, that's a think, big engagement. Yeah, it's yeah. really
1: it's really um you know I would say it's more you know more valuable than a lot of the maybe recognition and visibility initiatives that people are doing. It's a simple thing but it's it's big. Yeah.
0: But it's big and it's helpful too. Yeah. At the same time, Absolutely. you know, it's, yep. it's recognition in an organic sense, as opposed to sort of forcing it. You know, that's the, right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's so. your
1: certificate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: So, all right. So let's um, let's wrap up with a little uh, bit of advice for um, the audience. What are companies not thinking about today that could be critical, missing factor when they're looking to support their employees' development in the future?
1: Uh, well, well, first I have you know this is an obvious one i mean if you don't add cross pollination you're just you're just missing out so i would say add cross pollination into the learning and development curriculum or whatever you, you know whatever you call it right um and help employees, whether they're old you know, they've been around or whether they're new employees or what have you, get comfortable. Help them get comfortable looking outside for inspiration and ideas. In other words, don't wait for cross-pollination to happen by accident. Don't wait for that lightning strike. Put some rigor behind it. It's going to benefit the employee and it's going to benefit the business. So that's one thing I would say. Mm-hmm. And and another thing I think companies should think about, and I, I heard this statistic recently, and I, I'm probably going to, I'm going to mess this up, but I'm going to try, <laughs> right? I, I actually have it written in front of me. So I so I've, hopefully I'll so get it. So if you up. mess
0: it up, you're really yeah, messing I, it up. Yeah,
1: I, I kind of just jotted the note down. I'm not really sure if I got it right. But oh, okay. it, it said, you know, research shows that 80% of workplace learning is informal in nature. Oh, So things like mentoring, blogs, right. uh, conferences, and even podcasts, just
0: general old experience right. too, right? Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: And but a typical organization will spend eighty percent of their learning budget on formal learning initiatives, which sending only, you
0: to a yeah to well, a classroom right, training exactly. or whatever. And yeah, there's some so those module, are so exciting. Right, yeah. the
1: modules and the certificates are great, but but that only accounts for twenty percent of how you learn. So what I would my advice is add informal learning, yeah, into those approaches. Informal learning, and of course I have to say like you know like podcasts, add those into the mix, right. So right. those, those two things. Yeah.
0: Balance it out a little bit. Yep. 80, 20. Yep. Oh, I really like that about adding the informal learning um, back, in, uh, adding a focus to it. Right. And right. adding that some emphasis to that. And uh, we've, you know, just started the podcasting externally and we're getting a lot of experience and exposure and some good conversation and suggestion. And I think looking at now taking a internal lens and a cross-pollination lens and layering that onto um, what we're doing, I think would be really exciting and interesting. So um, I can't thank you enough for making the big trip over here across the river. (laughs) Thank you Uh, for having me. So that's it from us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of Rugged Rants. Tune in to new episodes and hear from my fellow co-hosts, Barry Ross and Craig Jakowski on a whole range of topics, each a tough and bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes.